All right, let's pray and uh, we'll get going. i got a lot to get through and uh, we're behind again already. So let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for being good to us, Lord. I thank you for your word and uh, just allowing us to uh, hold it in our hand. We don't have to, to guess and uh, wonder and uh, just kind of go through life aimlessly. We, we have uh, your mind uh, on everything. Uh, there's not a situation in life that we come across that we have to think, man, I, I wonder what we should do biblically on this because you have uh, given us just the truth in it. Uh, Lord, uh, you've given us uh, examples and insamples throughout the Old Testament, Lord. And so I pray that uh, as we kind of look into some of that today, uh, you would just uh, show us uh, maybe what not to do uh, from from somebody's life and uh, that we could take it and apply it uh, just practically to our life, that you would get the honor and the glory. Uh, Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, at HBF. It's a it's a busy time. It's always a busy time because we've got a lot to do before um, before you come back, Lord. So I pray you just uh, speak today. Uh, put me out of the way that you would just get your word uh, where it needs to go on time. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, open up to 1 Kings chapter uh, 11. And so uh, I didn't get very far through this last week, uh, but we're going to pick up there. Uh, and go. I would say you could go back and listen to the recording, but uh, I didn't record last week for whatever reason, so um, you'll have to, I'll, I'll review a little bit. So two weeks ago, it was the beginning of the year, and I usually try to do a little bit of a, you know, kind of something a little different. Um, just FYI, uh, not if, but when we get done with this today, we will get back into 1 Corinthians next week. So uh, I'm ready to get back into 1 Corinthians and uh, get get back rolling with that, and we'll continue working our way through first corinthians but anyway a couple weeks ago uh i asked the question you know what are you going to build in, in 2023 and it was just kind of a start the year off right you know it's that time of year we don't really i, I don't really call them resolutions but where we you know kind of put a stake in the ground whether it's an altar or you know not a false altar but you know an altar to god like abraham would have built in the old testament saying hey this is a point in my life where i'm going to uh, make a change uh, for you, God. And, you know, the question was just kind of, what are you going to build? And, you know, the, the point I was trying to make is you're always building something. You're always building people. Uh, you're always building your family. You're always building uh, in ministry. You're always building something. But if you're not doing those things, uh, you're building something, whether it's worldly, godly, all of those things. And so that was kind of the whole point. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, and we I used... Uh, the, the the story of um, not Abraham I got Abraham in mind I'm reading through it I'm teaching through it in uh, HBI but uh, of Solomon and you know God says you know what would you that I what would what would you have that I would give you and he's like man just give me wisdom to judge the people and God was like I'm really that was a really good answer and you know since you since that's what you asked for uh, I'll give you not only that and I'll, I'll give you you know health and prosperity riches all the different things right and and so basically he built the temple for God and that was kind of what I used to to springboard off of and we're always building something it's that time of year where we decide hey I'm, I'm ready to you know uh, lose some weight I'm ready to uh, get healthy I'm ready to get really serious about getting in the word this year I wasn't super faithful last year I'm ready to do whatever it is well you guys know how it is it's, it's January 15th most people have fallen off the wagon right uh, by now with whatever it is hopefully you haven't if it's something uh, spiritual but that's just usually how that stuff works it doesn't have to be, though. And so the point was, you know, Solomon not only built God's house, but then he built himself a house, uh, and he did all of that. He lived this, like, really awesome life. God was super, he was blessing him. He, he's, he goes to God, and he's like, man, I, I hope that you use this, this house that I built for you. You get all the glory out of it. How often do we say that? Man, God, get all the glory out of our life. Well, I want you to get it. 
And he did. And he was like rocking it. He's got like chapters after chapter after chapter where God is blessing this guy. He's in constant communication with him. Things are great. And then something happens, right? And so that's where we started last week. And uh, I had this kind of question that I was trying to get built up to. Uh, and so, you know, the, the question was, I, I led up to it. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to, to get where I want to go. And um, I led up to it with Solomon, like, he's spending his entire life building this really good relationship with the Lord, right? And he's like building uh, favor. Uh, not that that's how we live with God in our life. You know, we have the Holy Spirit that indwells us. But, you know, he felt like he could do anything. It didn't matter what he did. God blessed it. And I likened that to how in our life there are times where you feel like you could, like Brian would say, charge hell with a squirt gun. Like you feel like God is like... Not only your co-pilot, man, God is driving this thing and you feel like you could go and do anything because you've got the Lord on your side. You know, I think we've all at some point in our life felt like that, where it's just like the Lord is, is really, it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, and so the question was, you know, we feel like that sometimes. And like God uh, was on your side for everything you did, like no matter what, uh, no matter what he was right there with you like no matter uh, what you did he was blessing it right and that, that the the point was that's where we desire to be and so my question was how do we stay there because if you've ever felt like that generally you fall off the mountain generally there's the ebbs and the flows and uh you know not that you feel like god's not with you but you don't maybe feel like you know maybe i need like a a, a super soaker to charge hell instead of just my little squirt gun or, or whatever i feel like I'm, I'm, i need a little more and so the point was how, how do you how do you put your finger on one thing that says how how do you stay there? And the answer is there's not one thing, but we were looking into Solomon's life and you know some things maybe not to do. You know it's easy it's not easy to say this is the one thing that you should do to stay uh, where you feel like God is just with you all the time. But uh, I can give you some things out of Solomon's life towards the end not to do like these are guaranteed to get you in the wrong place and so that's kind of where we started last week and so i had six things that solomon lost in his fall from you know riches to rags or however you want to call it in his fall from grace i guess you could call it and and so first uh kings chapter 11 just let me read through a little bit of this we'll pick back up where we were god was blessing this guy man he was like that, that's why this is so important to somebody like us. I feel like for the most part, uh, not just HBF, but even uh, dive down a little more, the people in Passpoint, I feel like you guys are pretty serious about what God's doing. Uh, I look around and I know the ministries you guys are involved in. I know how much you guys give, not only of your time, but just everything you do is, is pretty much wrapped around what, what God's doing in our lives. Uh, there's not anybody in here that I'm like, man, y'all could step up your game a little bit. No, it's not that at all. So... Uh, that's why things like this really, they really resonate with me because it doesn't matter how sold out you are, you're never, uh, you're never out of the reach of the adversary, uh, and the darts that come at you. Uh, I've seen guys that, uh, I respected, reverenced, uh, would have never thought that could have tripped and fallen. And man, they're, they're so far fallen out of grace that they're completely out of the will of God and nowhere to be found. And so, you know, God forbid that would be us. Solomon was one of those guys, man. He had everything going for him. And then the next thing you know, here's where we find him. And so he had everything going for him. The next thing that happens in 1 Kings chapter 11, it says, But Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughters of Pharaoh, uh, women of the Moabites, the uh, Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, the Hittites, uh, of the nations 
uh, concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go unto them, neither shall they come unto you, uh, for surely they will turn away your heart after their God. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, it's mind-blowing, princesses, and 300 concubines. If you want to know what a concubine is, ask Candace. Uh, and his wives turned away his heart. I'll never read that again and not think of Candace. So it's... <laughs> Verse 4, if you weren't here, you'll have to ask her, but I promise it's, it's, you'll never forget it. And, and not that she was wrong, she's spot on, by the way. Verse 4, what? It wasn't recorded. You can ask her those when I'm telling you. Uh, uh, verse 4, for it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, uh, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and uh, Malcolm, uh, the abomination of the Ammonites. That's as far as I want to go. Well, I'll just keep going for a little bit. Uh, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for uh, Chemosh, uh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill uh, that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon, uh, which likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burn incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And then we find out after that that God's not super happy, but we'll get there in a minute. So the first two is, well, we got through two of these six last week, so I'll just review these very quickly and we'll get going. So the first thing that Solomon lost, he lost his focus. Uh, I can't imagine why. He's got 700 wives and 300 concubines. He's not focused on the things he needs to be focused on, right? He lost focus. He lost focus of his goals. You know, and obviously, you guys aren't Solomon, but uh, take this uh, inspirationally, uh, like as you should anything in the Old Testament. Uh, there's not really doctrine that you're going to pull out of the Old Testament and apply directly to your life uh, that you're living. The New Testament is going to be more for that, but we can take a lot of things inspirationally. So he lost focus of his goals. What are your goals right now? What are you trying to achieve? He lost focus of that. He lost focus of God's commands. God said, don't coexist, and he did it anyway. Uh, he lost focus of his body. It says he clave into them. I think you understand what was going on there. He lost focus of his emotions. He said he felt love, right? We get controlled by our emotions way too often, right? Uh, go back. Well, you can't go back and listen to it, but uh, we talked some of about that last week. Uh, he lost focus on eternity. He traded tomorrow's promise for today's pleasure. Man, that should resonate with just about all of us uh, with something in our life. He traded tomorrow's promise for today's pleasure. So he lost focus. The next thing he lost, uh, and I'll slow down when we get to where we're going, but uh, he lost his heart. His heart was turned away, it said. You know, it, it said that his heart was turned away. These are external things in our lives, things that, you know, catch our eye. You know, it's like Eve. Uh, I see it. I want it. I'm going to have it, right? It's it's all sin. It's the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I see it. I want it. I will have it. And so uh, he lost his heart. These external things pulled his heart away from his first love, which would have been Christ, uh, would have been God the Father. His heart was not perfect, it says. These are like the internal things. The external things are easy to pinpoint. It's easy to say, man, uh, I need to not do that anymore, whatever it is. I need to not see that. I need to not uh, be following after whatever that is. The external things are a little easier to put your, your finger on. Uh, but it says that his heart was not perfect. And you might be like, well, nobody's heart is perfect. Well, Jesus says, be perfect as I am perfect. That doesn't mean sinlessly perfect, but that means that the Holy Spirit indwells you. It lives inside of you. Maybe allow it to make some decisions on your behalf instead of, uh, you know, allowing Jesus to be the co-pilot. Why don't you just let him drive, right? Why don't you just let him uh, lead your life? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, right? 
it's your reasonable service. It's, it's the least you can do is to give him everything. So, uh, it's the internal things that are a little bit harder to pinpoint. It's the things that, uh, you know, the roots of bitterness, the, the things that kind of just pull and tug at us. It's the, the, the things inside are the, the things that are harder to battle, right? It's easy to pinpoint the things on the outside. It's harder to work on the things on the inside, but it says his heart was not perfect. And it says his heart went after. You know, when when you start uh, losing focus and you lose your heart, what happens next? That turns into action. It turns into action. And that leads us into the next point, verse 6. And we'll get kind of back into where we're going. So verse 6 says, And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. I think it's interesting that it waits till verse 6 to say that he did evil. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines, everything he'd done so far. And God waits until this point to say that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. The third thing that Solomon lost in his fall here was he lost his desire. He lost his desire. I think that should maybe resonate. I keep saying that word, but maybe resonate with with some people. You you, you get on this this train where man, I'm going to get super serious about beating the word more diligently this year. I'm going to get really serious about investing in my family more than I was, investing in my wife more, my husband, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to I'm going to keep the main things the main. I'm going to get uh, a little more serious about whatever we're doing, right? Well, guess what happens? The first thing that happens is you lose focus. You see something shiny, right? Tyler sees a, a shiny Peterbilt driving down the road, and man, he's quick to point it out. You know, straight stacks, chrome out. I mean, this thing looks good. I'm telling you, he can spot it before I could even think about it. Right? We see something in our life that's shiny. It's not always a Peterbilt, but it's something. Uh, you lose focus, and the things that you said, man, I'm going to be really serious about. Now, you, your eyes off the ball. You know, you ever played baseball? You, know, you don't hit the ball if you can't see it. It just doesn't work. You have to see this thing, and. You know, you lose focus, and the next thing you do is you lose heart because now you're like, I don't even see where I'm going, and, and now my goals, it's like, yeah, but I'll probably never get them achieved. Uh, and so the next thing that immediately follows is you lose desire. If you're not focused on it anymore, you're not focused on, you know, your goal of I'm going to get through X amount of this, you know, I'm going to be in the Word, you know, so long every day. Now you just don't even have a desire to do it. It's not even the fact that I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to invest here. I don't want to serve here. I don't want to do that. Solomon lost his desire. When you lose desire, you've lost your focus, right? I think that's pretty serious, uh, simple. When you lose desire, you've lost heart. And when you lose desire, you lose follow-through, right? And that's, that's pretty simple. When you lose desire, you lose follow-through. And honestly, good intentions, they don't get you anywhere. You can have this whole list of like goals and all these different things that you're going to do. I mean, I, here, guys, let me let me tell you how this doesn't work. Tell your wife on all the dates that you were going to take her on last year. <laughs> and and tell me like how much that really means to her. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. Good intentions, they they don't go any farther than you can throw them and you probably can't throw them very far. Follow through is what gets things done. Whether it's in a marriage, in a relationship, with ministry, with the Word of God, with, with whatever. Follow through is what gets things done. You can tell me of all the good things that you're going to do, and I'm like, man, I'm excited for you. When are you starting? And better yet, when are you finishing? Right? How did you finish? It's kind of like your life. I think all of us, maybe some of us worse than others, can say that we wasted a lot of years of our life 
following the wrong things, chasing after the wrong things. Well, guess what? It's not about how you started. It's how you finish. Praise the Lord that, you know, when I get to the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to be like, hey, how'd you finish? Because that's what I'm excited about. The the blood of Christ took care of all that stuff before, so he lost his desire. You know, and it, some cool things out of here is it, you know, I, I pointed this out, but I think it's interesting that it says he didn't do evil until verse 6. You know, maybe just he hadn't got around to saying it yet. I don't know, but it says he hadn't done evil until now. And then uh, the phrase here that I think is good is it says that he went not fully after the Lord. Man, if if, if you can't track with that, because I think some of us can. I'm on the Jesus train, right? I'm going. I'm ready to get something done. But I'm also doing all these other things. Like, you got to be fully on board. Right? What does it say in uh, the book of Revelation about the church of Laodicea, which would be us? That's the age we live in. Man, he's like, I just wish you were either hot or cold. I wish you were either in or out. Stop straddling the fence. You know how much you straddle the fence? It's not good. Let me just say. Like, it's not good. Don't straddle the fence. We are lukewarm. Like, God, God says, I wish you were hot or cold because you're lukewarm. And you know what I'd like to do? Just spew you out of my mouth. You know, there's nothing worse than lukewarm coffee. I'd rather have cold coffee than lukewarm coffee. And, like, I would rather it burn my tongue than it be lukewarm. It's just not good. One or the other. And it's just anything in life. I mean, I'm telling you, my Pam's in here, and she's like, if you've ever eaten anything that Pam, like, has served, if it's not, like, scald your tongue off hot, it's not warm enough. And so it's like, okay, we'll make our plate when we go to Pam's house and we're just going to talk for a little bit. And then we'll be, and then it's good to go. And so anyway, I'm just. Don't like cold food. Yeah. That's fine. You're right. But God's like, hey, stop being lukewarm. Stop being a lukewarm Christian. Stop being somebody who says, oh yeah, I want to get super serious about getting into the word. I keep using that analogy because a lot of people are like on that, that train right now. And hopefully you guys stay on it. But God's like, hey, either be in or out, right? Oh, did, how 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 much is it really benefiting you to you know claim that you're super like on this? I'm going to get something done, and you're doing it once a week or twice a week because you know what you're doing. The other four or five days a week, you're beating yourself up because you didn't do it. Right? It's not even so much that like you're not getting anything out of the word. You're tearing yourself down on top of it because you're like, this is what I needed to do. Now, how many times have we said we've all got the same amount of minutes every day? Like, I could go around the room and every person in here could tell me how busy they are, right? I don't think there's anybody in here that'd be like, really, I'm I'm not that busy right now. Like, other than my wife, because she doesn't do anything, right? She's a stay-at-home mom, so she doesn't do anything, right? That's what everybody thinks, I think, but, you know, not. Anyway, uh, everybody in here could tell me how busy they are and how much stuff they have going on. I get that. We all have the same amount of minutes. We all have the same amount of minutes. I understand that we all have to eat. We all have to sleep. But you get to choose how much of each of those you do, right? We all have relationships we need to invest in. You get to make the decision of what you do with your minutes. That's not on me. I can't want it for you. I'm trying to get my own life figured out most of the time. So we all have the same amount of time. Don't be don't be like Solomon here when you went not fully after the Lord because that's not the place to be. You know, Be in or out. And if you're out, man, come talk to me because I need to talk to you about getting back in because, you know, that's not the place to be either. But be all in is the point. So he lost his desire. The next thing he lost in verse 7 and 8, and it's kind of like a progression, obviously. You don't lose one of these until after you've lost the ones in front of him. The next one he lost in verse 7 and 8, Solomon lost his integrity. 
Verse 7 and 8 says, Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh. Man, this guy's a builder, but he's not always building the best things, right? He started off good, but not so much. He says he built a, a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and the hill that is before Jerusalem, and Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise, did he for all the strange his strange wives. Does that mean he built 700 different high places, altars? I mean, I don't know. Surely some of these ladies worship the same one. Either way, one's too many. And in, I'm guessing there was a bunch here. He did for all of his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their, their gods. I don't know, not that I don't know much about this uh, Chemosh, but I can tell you a little bit about uh, the god Molech. Uh, and when you go to places uh, like we were in Nepal, uh, there are still uh, like altars. There's not just altars, but there's these temples uh, to Molech. And uh, the the god of Molech is uh, notice what it says there: um, the abomination of the children. Uh, the God of Molech, uh, even today, not as much as they used to, but they sacrifice their children uh, to the God of Molech. And so uh, when you hear about these things, you're like, well, that's not even biblical. I'm telling you, it's, not, it's in the Bible multiple times. The God of Molech is real. And uh, I, we were driving by the temple when we were there. And uh, Rajam, when we were in Nepal, he was like, that's, that's one of the bad, bad temples. You don't. Uh, he kind of talking about what's going on there. And Anyway, it's not good. But anyway, uh, so he lost his integrity. You lose focus, you lose heart, now you've lost desire. Okay, so once you've lost desire, what happens? Now you're just an outright sin, right? This is where you lose your integrity. Integrity is something that is uh, hard to gain and easy to lose. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a name, a good name. It's hard to, to gain uh, a good name. It's hard to gain trust and it's easy to lose, right? Integrity is the same way. You lose integrity when your actions follow your heart. Right? You live in integrity and your actions follow your heart. What does the Bible say about your heart, Mitch? You said this last week, and so I... It is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? It says that in Jeremiah. Like, yeah, 17.9. Like, it's, don't be following your heart. The world says, oh, follow your heart. Man, I'm telling you, your heart, it's not good to follow. Not at all. Right? It's not good. The only thing I know about my heart is I get heartburn if I eat too much Mexican food, right? Like, but other than that, I mean, don't follow your heart. That's not good. You lose integrity when your actions follow your heart. You lose integrity when your actions are out of the word or the will of God, right? You want to know how you lose integrity? When your actions are out of the will of God. You might be like, well, there's this one area. I, I promise, and you, most of you know this about me. There are not gray areas in the Bible. There are not areas where it's like, well, I think I can kind of get by. You have liberty to do whatever you want. Right? The Bible is very clear about that. As a New Testament believer, you have liberty to do whatever you want. But you also know what the Bible says about just about everything. There's not a gray area. You can choose to do whatever you want. You're either in the will of God or not. That's on you. That's not on your circumstances. Man, I, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. Well, you just don't understand what we have going on. No. You don't understand the Word of God, I guess, because it's black and white. Like, I'm not trying to say that there's not grace involved, but there are no gray areas. The Bible is very clear about what it says. Now, I understand there's times in life where we kind of find ourselves where we ought not to be. Well, praise the Lord that we can just get right back on. The problem is we're like, yeah, but I have to get rid of this and I got to do this. And No, you don't. Forsake it and follow him is what Jesus said. Man, these guys were, he calls his disciples. They don't even really know who he is. And he's like, hey, drop your nets. That's like, hey, quit your job and follow me. And, you know, how many of you would be like, I'm not really sure about all that. I'm just saying that's what that's what Jesus says to do. 
Now, I'm not encouraging any of you to just go quit your job, right? Uh, don't ever just quit your job. Don't ever just quit your job unless you've got another one lined up, right? That is just... That's biblical 101. Don't quit your job unless you've got another one lined up or unless you're really ready to walk by faith. Uh, because... Uh, Anyway, I could tell you a story about all that, but went on time for that. So you lose integrity when your actions are out of the will of God. The will of God is very black and white, guys. If you're saved, it is to be sanctified. It is to, to live your life to be sanctified. If you're lost, the will of God for your life is to get saved. It's pretty black and white. You lose integrity when you choose not to correct your bad choice. Okay, so he's got 700 wives and 300 concubines. At some point, I mean, maybe at like, you know, 550, he may have been like, man... This may be getting out of control, right? At some point, like something, you know, usually when you find yourself on the road to a bad decision, usually at some point you like pass the billboard that says, not a great idea, son, right? Usually at some point, no matter what it is, even if it's like a smaller type of sin in your life or it's a bigger, usually at some point, you know, you've got this thing inside of you that's called a conscience that the Lord gave you. And at some point you're like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this. And you're like, yeah, I didn't see that, right? I, I must not have saw that. I, okay, well, I'm just saying it was there. You lose integrity when, when you choose not to correct a bad choice. I'm not saying that you should be perfect because I understand we're all not. And I understand that daily we generally find ourselves thinking things, seeing things, uh, desiring things that we probably ought not. It becomes sinful when you choose not to correct it. Right? We were in HBI the other day talking about Abraham and, you know, the problem with a bad decision is it generally leads to like six other bad decisions. The problem with a bad decision is that we can't, uh, in our flesh, just stop with one bad decision and be like, oh man, God, I'm totally out of your will. I need to get back on track. Usually when a bad decision rolls wrong, you find yourself making six other bad ones. And then it's like, well, at this point, I'm just covered up. I might as well just quit. Right? And But it kind of works the same way with good godly decisions. When you find yourself making one good godly decision, you find yourself like, that was that was easier than I thought it was going to be. And you, now you have more confidence in the Lord. And it's easier to build upon those. But man, at some point, you know, to use the, the phrase of the world, you got to stop the bleeding. And like, okay, uh, what? Hmm? I thought you... I'll say the flag turn Yeah, I mean, at some point, you got to do whatever you got to do to stop the bleeding. And it's like, okay, now we're going to start healing from here. Now we're going to start going the right direction. Because if you don't, man... It, Man, if you don't choose to correct a bad choice, that's where Solomon's at. At some point, you know he understood, I ought not be doing this. I built like the temple for God. And now here he is building all these temples for his wives. At some point, he had to be like, this probably is not where I need to be. This, it's, this is not where I ought to be, right? You lose... Almost moved to the next one. Uh, you lose integrity when people have more influence on you than God does. Hmm. But that's what happens. In the world we live in, you lose your integrity when people have more influence on you than God does. When your spouse has more influence on you than God does. When your boss has more influence on you than God does. When you fill in the blank. Your hobbies, your whatever. When God is not the chief influence in your life, don't be surprised when you're building altars to the wrong thing. Like, and then you're like, well, how'd that happen? I, are you asking? Because I'll tell you, right? But if you're not, I'll let you figure it out. But I mean, it, too often we find ourselves in this situation where it's like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? And then we beat ourselves up and we're just like, I'm never going to get back. 
at some point you have to just be like, okay, it's not about how I got here. How am I going to get out? Well, can I can I tell you? Jesus, how many times did he say, just repent and follow me? Lay at his feet and follow him. Now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be consequences for sin. Man, I'm, I'm saying, what does God say about his children? Like, there's chastisement. Like, there's spankings that come along with it. I'd rather take those and move on, right? Get back on track than continue to just wallow in your sin and your grief and your, like, whatever it is. I, mean, I feel one of the one of the hardest things for people to get past is if they like build up this root of bitterness over something. Like somebody has said something, and instead of just getting it right, they start to have this bitterness inside of them. And you know, it's easy to correct the out the external things, but it's the internal things that are just like. At some point, you have to just repent and lay it down and move on. You didn't lose your salvation. You're still one of God's children. Get back in the will of God. Take the next right step, as Brian says all the time. Do whatever the next right thing is and then move forward. Because too often we just, well, I'm just out of the will of God. I don't know how to get back in. Everybody knows that I'm a failure. Everybody knows what I did. And who cares? Like, again, are are you worried about what people think or what God thinks? Because I can tell you how you get back to where God thinks that you're right where you need to be. And honestly, who cares what people think? Who, Who really cares? You lose integrity when people have more influence on you than God does, right? You don't want that. The next thing he lost, verses 9 to 11, i got to hurry up. It says, and the Lord was angry with Solomon. It's interesting that it took until now for God to be hacked off. But uh, it says, and the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord, God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after uh, other gods. But he kept uh, not that which the Lord had commanded. Wherefore, the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee and give it unto thy servant. God's like, you can only stay in sin for so long before there's going to be repercussions. You might be in here and you've heard everything I've said. You might be listening to this online on your little podcast machine and like you've heard everything that I've said so far and you think... I'm doing just fine living in my sin and nobody knows about it. Let me tell you what happens. God will allow it for a little while. But there will always be a point where if you don't figure it out, God will figure it out for you. And I promise it's not the way that you want it to happen. It never is. Solomon lost his standing. That's the next thing he lost. He lost his standing. And let me just say before we go any farther, I understand that we are New Testament believers and you cannot lose your salvation even under the bed or in the closet or anywhere else, right? You can't. You can't lose your salvation. So don't get me wrong. But you can lose your standing as far as in the will of God or being in or out of the will of God, okay? You don't lose your salvation, but you can do that. So let me just make sure that's clear. Nobody's out of here be like, Jason's talking like you can lose your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not at all what I'm talking about. But Solomon, he lost his standing. He was like God's chosen dude. And God at some point was like, okay, enough is enough. And that will happen in your life as well. You continue to walk in sin. You continue to toe the line of, you know, what, what does it say? Uh, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says that in Romans. Well, Paul's like, hey, God forbid you should do that. How should we that are dead to sin continue to live any longer therein? Why would we do that? Why would we want to do that? You'll lose your standing. Solomon lost his standing. You lose standing 
when you go against what God has told you to do. Not everybody else, but you lose standing when you go against what God has told you to do. I should be able to go around the room and ask you, what has God told you to do? And hopefully you have a lot of answers. Well, in ministry, he's told me to do this. In my marriage, he's told me to do this. You know, But too often, people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, let, me, let me just suggest you start here. I promise, you spend enough time in here, you spend any time in here at all, God will tell you to do some things, right? He'll tell you to do some things. And let me also tell you that too often people think, oh, he told me to do this, I went and did it. When God tells you to do something, what he means, let me just interpret this for you, he means do that until I tell you to do something different. Man, there's nothing that kind of grates on my skin worse than somebody that like, is involved in ministry because God was like, hey, I want you to buy the field, purchase the field, it says. Like, get involved in this. And they do it for so long, and then they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this, so I'm going to step out, and, you know, maybe, maybe after a while I'll be like, okay, well, God, where do you want me to get back involved? What? That's like, and, and some people are like, that's kind of harsh. Let me just put this on a broader scale. Say I decide one day that, you know, God is telling me to go to the mission field. Right, And so I load up my family and we go to the mission field. And then we go for a while and we're like, yeah, this really isn't like what we thought it was going to be. So we just bail. We come home. And then, you know, but we want all the churches that we're supporting. I keep, keep supporting us because I'm just waiting for God to tell me where else to go. Well, that seems like an outrage. But then when I tell somebody in their life, hey, why'd you bail out of ministry? Did God tell you to? And you're like, get off my case, dude. It's the same thing. Do what God told you to do until he specifically tells you to do something different. That's how you stay in the will of God. Instead, here's what happens. Let me just be completely... I'm probably just offending some people today. I'm, I'm sorry, but at the same time, I'm really not sorry. Here's what happens. Um, we pull the, we call it the God card. We're like, well, I feel like God told me to do this. Where? How? How did God tell you to do that? Show me. Like, were you reading? Did he tell you that? Or, I mean, was there? did you hear the audible voice of God? Because that's really cool. I've never heard that, right? I don't know that he does that anymore in the New Testament. So, like, tell me how God told you to do that. Man, too often people come out, yeah, I feel like, you know, God's telling me that I need to split up with my spouse. You're a fool, right? God didn't tell you that, right? Uh, that doesn't happen. And so, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to call anybody a fool until I hear the whole story. Then I'll probably tell them they're a fool. But um, anyway, sometimes that's what people need to hear. But we pulled with what we call the God card because then we're like, well, if I say God told me to do it, nobody will question me. Show me where God told you, right? If, if you're confident that God said get out of the ministry and you're not telling me where else he told you to go yet, well, show me where he told you that then. Because I don't read anywhere in the Bible where he's just like, hey, get out. And then like after a while, when you feel like it, get back in. It doesn't happen like that. Man, that's not how it happens. You lose standing when you go against what God has told you specifically to do. And if you're like, I don't know what God's told me to do, get in the word and he'll tell you something. If you ask him, hey, God, tell me what I need to be doing. And get in the Word, I promise He'll tell you something. And do that until He tells you to do something different. Okay? It's pretty, it's pretty plain and simple. Uh, you lose standing when you don't keep God's commands. Man, that's pretty simple. God said, do this. I'm not going to do it. Well, you're going to lose standing. And you also lose standing when idolatry drives your life. And you're like, well, I don't have any altars on my wall. How big is your TV? 70 inches, right? 75? I'm just kidding. It's whatever. Like, we all have lots of things. Well, I know, it is. You're right. <laughs> Idolatry is anything you're putting before God. Your fancy cars, if that's what you're, you know, if that's what's driving your your lust, if it's your, you know, your house, if it's your, you know, God forbid, your ministry, like your spouse, whatever. If you're putting anything before God, 
it's a problem, right? And so if idolatry is driving your life, you're going to lose standing. And then the last one, I got a lot of things I want to say, but uh, I'll move on to the last one. Verse 12 and 13, because I think this is, this. if nothing else has hit home, man, this one should hit home. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it, for David thy father's sake. So he did this wicked thing, and God's like, I'm going to take the kingdom for you, but I'm not even going to do it to you. I'm going to make it even worse. But I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend, it, uh, or not rend away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to thy son uh, for David my uh, servant's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. You lose focus. You lose heart. You lose desire. You've lost integrity. Now you're just outright. You've lost your standing. You know the next thing you lose? If you still haven't stopped the sliding, the backsliding, the bleeding, whatever you call it, and then if this one doesn't hit close to home, I'm, I don't know. Solomon lost his family. That's rough. When you have to start thinking about your sin, whether it's outright sin or whether it's just kind of one of those sins of omission, uh, not, you know, sins of commission are like, hey, I was out cheating on my spouse. Uh, or I was out doing, you know. Sins of omission are the things that you knew you should have been doing that you chose not to do. Right? And so, too often, the sins of omission are the ones that get us, us religious folk, as the world would call us. Um, it's the things that we knew we should have done that we didn't, right? It's the times that you knew you should have been here, but you weren't. You should have done that, but you didn't. Solomon lost his family. You lose your family when your bad choices affect them, right? You lose, you lose your family when your bad choices affect them. And God forbid that I do something in my life that like my kids have to deal with later on. Man, if you have ever noticed, if you've ever kind of studied the cycles of sin, man, it's it's weird, but the sin things that are in your life pretty much count on them being in your kid's life too. If you're an angry person, you're probably going to have an angry child, right? And just whatever it is. I've seen some like things that you wouldn't even think, but sure enough, like... The cycles of sin, they just keep transferring, keep transferring. At some point, you've got to be like, it's not going to go any farther. Right? At some point, we're not going to go any farther. At some point, this nonsense has to stop. Uh, last night, we got together with uh, all my wife's cousins. And so there's like some family drama, and it's really dumb. And I would say that to pretty much all of them. And it's not really any of the kids' issues, but it's like, it's just weird. And so I was talking to somebody last night, and you know, one of them said, like at some point, this nonsense has got to stop, so it might as well be with us. And I was like, that's really, that's cool. Because like, it's been really weird. And family issues are always the worst, but it's been really weird. And it's like, we got together, I hadn't seen some of these people in years. And it was just like, at some point, the nonsense has got to stop, it might as well be with us. And I'm like, I wish I would have thought of that. That would have been like a really cool thing to say, and <laughs> right? <laughs> you lose your family when your lack of future planning becomes their present problem. And that can go a lot of ways. Um, a really practical way is like not having a will uh, in your life. And you know what that is a really good recipe for? Your kids being divided for the rest of their lives after you die because they're fighting over your stuff. It's the stupidest thing in the world, right? It's, it's so dumb. But man, like it, as simple as just having a will and saying, hey, I'm just going to divide this up for you. There ain't, no, there ain't no issues at all. Whatever it is, you lose your family when your lack of future planning becomes their present problem. That could be a lot of things. That could be like in, in present life. My lack of financial planning, well, that's going to affect my kids at some point, right? My lack of 
spiritual planning, that's going to affect my kids at some point. Your lack of planning will affect them, and that's, that's a problem. You lose your family when God's ways are not preeminent in your life. Man, it happens. I've seen it. I've seen it happen in my own life sometimes. Man, it's hard to get back. It's hard to get back right. So I'm over time. There's a lot here. There's a lot of things I wanted to say, but guys, I don't know where you're at with with just your walk with the Lord. I'm, I'm not talking about like I know it's the new year and people are doing different things. We need to get serious about following God. You need to be all in, like for real, all in, and not just like, well, yeah, I come to church and. Like, be all in. And if you want to know how to make sure you don't fall out of being all in, if that kind of makes sense, look at some of the stuff that happened to Solomon. And Solomon was rock star as far as following God. And here we find him just completely... Not only he is out, but now his family's out. And God forbid that we have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and have that kind of conversation. That's not what we want. So, you know, Take these things, evaluate where you're at, and like take the steps to be where you need to be. Start with the Word of God and just find out what God wants you to do and go from there. All right, so over time, sorry, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your Word. It's just really good uh, in our lives. and um, You're just a good Father to us. Um, so I, I pray that we would just uh, uh, be obedient children. We want our kids to be obedient all the time, but man, we just can't seem to be obedient to you. I pray that we would just be obedient to whatever you're telling us to do uh, and that we would just... Uh, Get on track uh, and um, just get something done for you while there's still time. God, there's only a little bit of time left, uh, whether it's the years of our life or the years till you come back. So, man, I pray that we would just get serious about uh, about you and getting you where you need to go on time. And so I pray that you would use us, send us out this week as lights in a dark world. I pray you just preach through Pastor Brian this morning as he preaches to us, that you get all the honor and all the glory from our life. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.